Sephora stores are everywhere you are. So just pop in when you need a brown lip to match your 90s playlist, a confidence boost before your interview, or a last-minute gift for mom's birthday. There's always a Sephora near you. Just pop in. Use our store locator to find your local Sephora or Sephora at Kohl's. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at microsoft.com slash AI for all. This episode is brought to you by Bumble. So you want to find someone you're compatible with, specifically someone who's ready for a serious connection, totally open to having kids in the future, is a tall rock climbing Libra, and loves rom-coms with vegan pizzas on Tuesdays just as much as you do. Bumble knows that you know exactly what's right for you. So whatever it is you're looking for, Bumble's features can help you find it. Date now on Bumble. Hello and welcome to Oh What a Time, the history podcast that tries to decide if the past was truly dreadful. I'm Tom Crane. I'm Chris Skull. And I'm Ennis James. Each week on this show we'll be looking at a new historical subject and today we're going to be discussing beauty. Yes. Acne. Vikings teeth. Hair through the ages. And the bonus bit today is the man who brought bodybuilding to the UK. Hello, I'm Tom Crane, the man who... Brought bodybuilding to the UK. I, I was wondering when this subject would come up, and at last, at last, my time has come. You, you thought I'll, I'll give it at least ten or fifteen episodes <laughs> exactly be- well, before discussing my greatest achievement, bringing bodybuilding to the UK. I genuinely want to make a joke at this point about the weight that I can lift. But I don't know what number to say that is a big number that people lift. Uh, I hate to have a go at you, Tom. Why didn't you say the truth? Okay. <laughs> is a thousand kilograms? Is that what people lift? That, what people lift. If you were lifting a thousand kilograms, you'd be world famous as the world's strongest okay, man. Okay, fine. So, what's a normal amount for someone to lift? What is like two, two bags of sugar, which I think what? is about, is about Depends right? How you're lifting it? Yeah, yeah. It? Yes. Well, an average baby is seven pounds, yeah, so yeah. I'm going to say... And that- you, you, you've, you've not once lifted your own children. <laughs> I think I'm going to say an average weightlifter can lift four babies. Seven, 14, 21. So I'm going to go, okay, 28 pounds. There you go. That's what people lift. Happy with that? Yeah. Were you just flitting between imperial metric measurements? Yes. And a further sign of how clueless I lift them all. I lift them all, Chris. I don't care what it says on the side of the dumbbell. I'll lift it. Be it imperial, be it metric, whatever the number is, I'll lift Our it. Our overseas lift listeners now doing some doing some furious googling. <laughs> anyway, um, we should probably start by uh, again. Not only Tom, are you the man who brought bodybuilding to the UK, but also you're a beauty yeah. expert. You told you told us just before we started recording that you're actually wearing two odd socks today. Well, the reason I was slightly late for this record is because I was desperately trying to find 
two socks that match. I didn't. I've got one white pair with stripes across them and one grey sort of work sock on at the moment. And that, and that is the closest I could. Because to me, white and grey are at least in the same sort of yeah. palette area. Do you know what? They're part of the same discussion, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, exactly. White can become grey. Exactly. I, I, are you sort of... Are you quite organised on that front? I'm always at the end of my watch. I'm like, oh no, I've got no socks, no pants. I'm that guy. Hang on. Do you look at people with matching socks and think, there's someone who's quite (laughs) organised? I do. I assume they must be a millionaire and they probably have a PA. (laughs) What high beauty standards that individual has. I... Look at everything matches. I am a mess. (laughs) Okay. I am a mess. Yeah. There's one thing I will not compromise on, and that is matching pants and... Well, not matching pants and socks. <laughs> <laughs> Two pairs of matching pants. <laughs> Ellis gets very chilly down there. <laughs> Always double bags. <laughs> A matching pant on each foot. <laughs> but matching socks and... The thing with my pants is the last three pairs I have before Armageddon are so horrific... Once I get once I get to that stage, someone's doing a wash. I remember I, <laughs> okay. I've still got them actually. I remember an ex girlfriend from about fifteen years ago. No, it would be longer than that. Almost twenty years ago, looked at these terrible pants and said, "What I don't understand is I don't know what point you're trying to make by continually <laughs> wearing these." So when I get to that stage, I always remember her saying that, and I think, right, let's let's do some let let let, let to to the washing machine. It does suggest that you're clinging on to them because they are special pants to you, memory-wise. Maybe your grandmother gave them to you just before she passed. No, or no. Like that. You can't, can't. Please take these pants. They're your granddad's pants. They were his granddad's pants before him. His final breath. Exactly. I wore, I wore these in World War Two, and now I pass them on to you. Like a watch in Pulp Fiction. Exactly. I tell you what, Ellis, this is, this is my salvation when I'm wearing... Uh, Socks that don't match is the high top shoe because <laughs> it means I can walk around town yes. and nobody knows I'm wearing one red sock and one blue sock. I'm yeah, laughing yeah. to myself. They cover a thousand sins, yes. isn't it? That's exactly. Yes. I've beaten the system. You will never know. I could be in a high powered meeting with Alan Sugar and you have no idea uh, that I'm wearing mismatched socks. Do you do any of the washing in your house, Tom? I do uh, half of the washing. Yeah, yeah. Is are you to my face? Lying to me. <laughs> okay, I do. Th- I do three quarters of the washing. <laughs> it's 2023, guys. I do. I, I put on regular washes. I'm very bad at hanging it out. I'm very bad. I, I, I will admit that I'm very bad at putting it out on the dryer. It's always crumpled, and it, 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 at most half the t-shirt will dry, and the other half will be just completely damp. Well, but there was a photo um, taken of you hanging out washing. At the Edinburgh Festival yeah. about ten years ago, that is continually shared amongst comedians because <laughs> people can't believe it. They can't believe the lack of technique. It's just thrown on. It's thrown onto the. I've never seen anything like it. People have tweeted it in the past. It's we need this podcast to, to become huge so that that photo can become viral because the world needs to see it. It's we should put it on our Instagram and see if anyone else. Is it is a bit like it's scandal. like someone. 
You know those things in the NBA when they shoot T-shirts into the crowd? <laughs> you know those sort of those guns? It's like they've used one of those and just shot my clothes at the, at the drying rack. That's, that's the sort of look of it. We'll put it on our Instagram. I can't be alone in this. I want to find out any, any other listeners are as bad at this as I am. Do you know what? I, just, I, I mean, it's worth saying at this point, Tom, you have a thousand do- like horrific pictures of yourself from down the years. So much so yep. that one year I actually made a Tom Crane calendar as a secret Santa gift. And yes. every month... Every month was sensational. <laughs> when the, when it, that year sped through because I just enjoyed it so much. For you, maybe. <laughs> for me, every month was a paper reminder of what an absolute loser I was. When the Oh What A Time merch shop comes li- live, I think people will be clamouring for a Tom Crane calendar. And I think we'll have to give it to them. The Oh What A Time Unsexy Calendar. <laughs> Help me keep the wolf from the door. Hang it up at the end of your bed. <laughs> You're getting a bit too excited. Look up at me. Right. So, should we move on to some history? Does that sound like a sensible yes, thing Yes, I think yeah. so. Should we begin with some correspondence? So we've had an email from uh, a listener called Gareth Hutchins, uh, a man who I'm sure dries his clothes sensibly, and it, his email is titled, One Day Time Machine, open brackets, the 90s. Okay. Dear Chris, Ellis and Tom, huge fan of the show here. It always makes me titter on public transport, leading to other passengers assuming that I'm a madman. Anyway... The greatest podcast feature ever invented, the One Day Time Machine, unearthed a long dormant memory. I didn't realise it was a triggering part of our... <laughs> I'm really hoping this long dormant memory was an all right one. It really flared up my PTSD. Yeah, exactly. I went there in therapy going, no, it's okay. It's fine. It's a good one. It's a good one. We can relax. We can relax. Um, It's unearthed a long dormant memory of when I was working at my old office job about 10 years ago and a few colleagues and I were pondering the question, if you could go back in time to anywhere, any place, where would you go? Just to be clear, Gareth, this is our format point. Our format point. You are not laying claim to it. (laughs) A Scottish girl, Rebecca, answered that she would go back to Edinburgh in the early 90s that she could buy her flat cheaper than she actually paid. Um, (laughs) He's pointed out not 50 years back, not 100 years back to when you could get it for like literally a tuppence. The early 90s. Dream big, Rebecca. Dream big. So thoughts on that? The idea that going back and buying something you've got now, but cheaper, so you've got more spendable money now. My grandmother's house... Her father died in World War One, and they were given compensation by the MOD, I think, and they bought the house for £200. This is in, like, 1921 <laughs> wow. or something. And my other yeah. grandmother, I remember they bought... They had a little bungalow, and they bought that in the 60s or late, early 70s, and it was, like, two and a half thousand quid or something. Ridiculous. Like yeah. Like the kind of price... That you have to sort of double check because you think, yeah, surely yeah. not. People weren't buying houses. They were, obviously. What I find so funny about that is that. It's all price where you go, oh, of course you did, Grandma. Yeah, 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 yeah. But did. what yeah, I find yeah. so funny about that is most Edinburgh flats are really old. So you could go back to the start and buy it for 40 quid. But she yeah. just wanted to go back to the 90s when it would have been like 80 grand, doesn't <laughs> it? 80, 80 grand, exactly, yeah. Still quite quite an annoying amount of money. Is that because she doesn't want to buy it like the 80s and then have to live through the 80s? At least if you start in the 90s. Oh, yeah. No, That's... Chris, because if you think about it, she's only going back one day to exchange yeah. contracts that, and then of return, course. and it's in her name. So she doesn't need to live through any of this period. I tell you what, in, in, in as someone who bought a house last year, that would be a very stressful day. <laughs> 
<laughs> it does take more than a day to get a mortgage oh in place. Oh my god. <laughs> Took us nine months. You'd have to have eighty thousand pounds cash, <laughs> cash in old notes, <laughs> a pre-internet as well. That's a really good point, Chris. You couldn't take back present-day tender because they go, "Why is there a really old picture of the Queen on all of your notes? She doesn't look like that. Why, why is she? Why have you have you forged these but made her look old? What a weird decision. What's your problem with the Queen? But if you do, you think it's, it would be allowed for a flat to lay dormant for thirty years until someone turns up and goes, "Up oh, there, there you go." I'll I'll walk in now. I mean, the 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 flat would become dilapidated. There's obviously the potential yeah. squatter issue. There was a big squatting scene in the nineties as well. There isn't oh, a squatting God, yeah. scene now like there was then. It was massive in the eighties and nineties. Scene. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know quite a few people who were quite involved we're in the squatting scene. It was quite big in it. Yeah, we were quite big in it. Uh, Swamp Swampy. <laughs> a good name, Swampy, and that's it. I wouldn't even say that's squatted. He was digging tunnels, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He was squatting underground again. <laughs> The worst kind of the worst quiet kind of squatting. Our overseas listeners slash anyone under the age of forty, no one is gonna know who Swampy is. I thought Swampy was up a tree trying to stop a bypass. Oh he was everywhere, mate. He was trying to stop the Newbury bypass in about yes. nineteen ninety four, I would say. He ended up on Bloody Have I Got News for You, incredibly. What as a guest? As a guest, yeah. What? Yeah. Was he funny? Well, I think he was very quiet from what I uh, from, <laughs> from what I remember. Paul Merton spent a lot of time on that episode talking over him. They were the new they were the Newbury Bypass um, uh, protests of 1996. He became a nationally known figure after spending a week in a complex series of tunnels dug in the path of a new extension to the A30 in Fairmile, Devon, resisting attempts at eviction by police. Um, specialists wow. were called in to safely remove Swampy. <laughs> His real name is Daniel Mark Hooper. He's basically uh, our version of the Viet Cong, isn't he? That's what it is. <laughs> uh, several people took part in the protest, but Swampy was the last one to be evicted. The magistrate passing sentence on him was David Cameron's mother. The mainstream media oh. became fascinated with Swampy. He, we, re- it really did. We were all loved Swampy, and his subsequent fame included an appearance on the BBC comedy current affairs quiz. If I got news for you, it was the show's youngest ever panelist. F- I do have a question. Yeah. By the way, briefly, you might know the answer to this. Did he refer to himself as Swampy, or did the public call him Swampy? Because one way is quite offensive. Because if he's just Steve, and I like people keep insist on calling me Swampy in all their headlines, I'll be like, why? No, no that is Steve. a why, really why? good question. Swampy was yeah. born in, I mean, his wiki refers to him as Swampy. Swampy was born in 1973 in Lipton, Bedfordshire. In 2006, he was living with his girlfriend and their three children and a yurt, a dome-shaped tent, in Teepee Valley, a commune in West Wales, quite close to Carmarthen, where I grew up. As of 2013, he was still living in Wales with his family, working for the Forestry Commission and running marathons and half-marathons. I think, I'm sure I saw a programme about the Newbury bypass protesters. They had all these tunnels underneath where they were going to dig the bypass. And they were, um, they had things like old washing machines down there, from what I remember. And they would really? be sort of chained to the washing machines. It was sort of impossible to remove them. Wow. <laughs> that would be a shock when you go down with the tunnel. You'll never guess what he's chained to. <laughs> <laughs> well, swampy. <laughs> Bet he never used it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Tell you what, we chuck your clothes in there, mate. We can Tom, <laughs> you're right. He occupied a treehouse as part of the Stop HS2 protest. That was in yeah. 2020. So he's 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 yeah. gone below ground and he's gone above ground. <laughs> yeah, branchy, as he should be called. Um, <laughs> can I tell you one brief story before we move on to the actual history? It's just, I was mentioning there, Chris, the idea of you going back and people saying, why have you forged these fibres to look like the Queen is really old? This is the weirdest bit of forgery I've ever seen in my entire life. I was, I was at King's Cross Station at WH Smith, and there was a guy in front of me in the queue trying to pay for newspapers and magazines and chocolates. And the lady behind the till was holding up the fiver. <laughs> I was saying, well, this is clearly a forgery. And she, he goes, no, no, it's not, it's not. She goes, it's clearly a forgery. She goes, it's half the size of a £5 note, shouldn't it? I looked at it, and it was the tiniest £5 note I've ever seen in my life. It's generally a minimum of half of the size of what a fiver should be. Yeah, it must have been from, like, a board game or something like that. Monopoly money. At least least look at the original. Because he looked it up on his computer, he goes, well, that's what it looks like. I have no idea of scale, but it, I, know, I know what it looks like, so I'll just print that on some random piece of paper. It's oh, half dude. the size it should be. That's funny, man. All right, you horrible lot. Here's how you can stay in touch with the show. You can email us at hello at ohwhatatime.com and... You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Oh What a Time Pod. Now clear off. Shipping can make or break a sale, so optimize how you ship your orders with ShipStation. They make it easy to automate and manage orders no matter how big your business grows. And they might even be able to help reduce shipping and warehouse costs. So optimize and keep up your momentum for growth with ShipStation. Sign up for your free 60-day trial now at ShipStation.com and use the code P-O-D. That's ShipStation.com with the code P-O-D. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Ah, mmm. The first taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on. That's nice. At Caskers.com, we make this experience easy. Caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought-after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne. Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at caskers.com. So this week we are discussing beauty and I'll be talking about hair through the ages. I'm going to be talking about acne through the ages. Uh, and I'll be talking about the man who brought bodybuilding to the UK. But firstly, I'm going to tell you about Viking teeth. Now, teeth as something to be modified in the pursuit of beauty. I was trying to think of people who have done this well. Yeah. Contenders for me, I can only think of two, really. Shane McGowan, Damon Albarn, a gold tooth. I still think that's cool. Uh, Bobby Firmino. (laughs) 
the the just, white the whitest teeth a in fifty thousand foot high wall of a na- white enamel. Yeah, yeah, the whitest teeth in global sport, Bobby. <laughs> Uh, apologies if you just mentioned him, Chris. I don't know if I missed that on your list, but um, drum and bass DJ Goldie. Oh, Goldie! Did he have a whole set of gold? Who had? He had a whole set of entirely golden teeth. Oh wow! Yeah. Which I think were removed and replaced for a, for effect. Basically, it wasn't like a dental issue. That is the kind of thing that if you went back to any ancient society in a one-day time machine, having golden teeth would instantly yeah. turn you into a king or emperor. Yes. Yeah. But you're turning up in, I don't know, in in ancient Egypt and you've got a gold mouth. (laughs) Like, oh my God. Goldie could convincingly travel back to 100 AD in Britain and say, I'm the the king from 2000 years time. And everybody would believe it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't believe I'm the king. I've got gold in my (laughs) mouth. See, every one of my teeth is made from gold. Every yeah. time I eat Cocoa Pops, I am chewing those Cocoa Pops with you don't know what gold... Okay, that's fine. Uh, just just look at my mouth again. I'd also get a, a little gold anus and claim the gold went all the way through. <laughs> that's how powerful I am. It's straight through the middle of me. Like a boost bar, the caramel through a boost bar. I, um... I had a dental issue last week. I, I, this is, I, had, I ate a toffee and a crown came out in it. Oh, yeah. no. Oh, so, that's yeah, classic, that's a sign of it? age, isn't it? Isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Annoying. That is a classic. classic. It's not classic. something that young, vital, urgent, no. relevant people <laughs> do, is it? Did I mention I was skateboarding at the time? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was doing a, a 360 backflip <laughs> on the half tube. <laughs> do any of those words mean anything? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, and I was wearing Vans. Yeah. Now, Chris, <laughs> on with the history. Now I've established your credentials, let me tell you about the Vikings. They modified their teeth. I don't know how, if we knew this, right? Several years ago, a study of Viking burials near Weymouth in Dorset uncovered a shocking detail, that the Vikings who were buried there had all been decapitated, but also all had grooves filed into their front teeth. Oh, wow. Horizontal grooves, like sometimes a couple of lines, three lines, all like almost filed into their teeth. Similar discoveries have been made in Denmark and especially in Sweden. So what was going on? How do you think? So now I've described that. Uh, Let me go into a little more detail. So these grooves, it seemed as though on the bodies they recovered that the grooves had been painted or otherwise coloured using charcoal or reddish pigments. So the Vikings, when they kind of snarled, you could see these lines. They they, they were filed in and they had like charcoal or reddish paint in the grooves. You would shit yourself. That is so scary. Yeah, that is so scary. You're some poor farmer in Northumberland. That's all you're trying to do is scrape an existence. And some absolute maniac from Scandinavia with red charcoal grooved teeth starts snarling at you. You're like, mate, take take my crap farm. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not putting it in a fight. have more faith in yourself. You might have quite a nice farm. Don't assume <laughs> take your farm my lovely crap. farm. <laughs> take my lovely and farm and my happy pigs. Can you take the missus as well and the kids? Yeah. They're all doing my... <laughs> what do you want? What do you want? Just have it. Yeah. I'm, 
I'm going to send That's you a picture petrifying. of. Um, I'm going to send you a picture of the grooves in the teeth now. Wonderful. Just so you can, just so you can get a sense. Just in case we want to get them done as well, <laughs> we can just show them to the dentist and go, "This, please." Obviously, this picture will be on our Instagram. The weird thing about these grooved teeth when I, oh when I my God. Teeth, when I think oh about, oh my goodness, yeah, when I think about living in the age of the the Vikings, you're thinking about that tooth pain would be a nightmare, isn't yeah. it? Like it would it would make you go insane. So to remove the enamel and groove into it in an era where tooth decay is enormously prevalent, it seems yeah. mad to me. As I think I'd be brave enough to say everyone, I don't think that dentistry is good enough yet. I think we're about a thousand years early. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not even a huge fan of dentistry in the sixties and seventies, actually. So I think, I think we've, if if we could just wait about a millennium or so, and then then do it by all means. I've heard there'll be a sort of a, like like a, a drum and bass of jungle artist with gold teeth. If we're willing to wait. <laughs> Once you've invented that weird blue liquid, I can swill my mouth with that. <laughs> and spit it into a suck cup, whatever it is. Yeah, I, yeah. I don't know what it does, it but once bit, that's yeah. there, it burns a bit, that stuff, then come back and to me. And thin bits I, of minty string. Once we're at the thin bits of minty string bit uh, period, I'll, I'll, then I'll groove my teeth. That must have been such an uncomfortable process, because that's obviously done with just, you know, probably a blade, I imagine, something metal just scraping against your teeth while you're having to lie there with your mouth open. You imagine a kind of a nail-file kind of style instrument going again and again in your teeth, creating these grooves. The one thing they've seen from all the 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 bodies they recovered is that they obviously as you can see there's a high degree of precision in these grooves and that they were obviously done quite skillfully by someone who really knew what they were doing yeah this then they're not just having a go themselves they're not you know when you see this used to be big in the 90s but people who had like homemade tattoos this isn't these guys aren't doing it themselves there's a local expert involved the first culture to be able to identify someone by their dental records, actually, the Vikings. You know that, that uh, <laughs> detectives can go, I know who this is. <laughs> it's got three circles and a dot through it. It's, I, it's Olaf. Yeah. I reckon that would be my job. What's that? <laughs> we found another one. I think, I'd be, I think I'd be the, vi- the Viking tooth chiseler. <laughs> <laughs> Talk me through why you think that would be. Well, if it gets me out of any battles, I'm bang yeah. up for it. <laughs> but I think it's your duty... As most hairdressers will see, hairdressers they they have cool hair. They they show their oh, lovely yeah, art. Good point. You're going to have to have the craziest teeth in camp. <sighs> yes, good point. Um, but just imagine if if you file too far and in, it hits the nerve. Yeah, can horrendous. You can you imagine that? What happens then? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's oh, and he's a Viking having a go at me, and that's all I'm trying to do is do my job. <laughs> The Vikings probably enjoy that, to be honest. They're quite hardy. I loved it. They hit the nerve. More. I absolutely loved it. More, exactly. Famously fair temperaments on them all as well. Yeah. Um, so these indentations, they were horizontal. Some have been found, some uh, bodies have been recovered with vertical grooves in their teeth. And interestingly, so they've, they've done a kind of study of Viking teeth to try and understand where these grooves come from. And they can see that the Vikings did take very good care of their teeth. They, there's evidence that they removed food with tooth, 
toothpicks. There's, they've also recovered evidence that they engage in dental surgery to provide relief from tooth decay. Well, and there's even examples of Vikings having had the cavities filled in as they emerged into adulthood. Oh my so there's God. very primitive din- dentistry knocking about in the Viking era. That's a very important Surpr- word, though, there, primitive. <laughs> I am so um, nervous of a dentist that I used to, until quite recently, two years ago, I used to travel back to my childhood dentist in Bath, which is a two, three-hour journey from London, to have any dental work done. Because I, 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 the only way I could deal with it was to go back and see the dentist in Bath. And the only way I could deal with that there was they had a plastic duck hanging from the ceiling. And I was to lie in the chair and stare at the plastic duck and just think about the plastic duck. That was my way of getting through it. And then I went back about three years ago and they had to remove the plastic duck because of health and safety, safety reasons. They were worried the plastic duck was going to fall <laughs> off the ceiling and I quote, straight into someone's throat. Which is never going to happen. <laughs> but they had to, a man came round with a clipboard and said you can't have the plastic duck and that was my <laughs> salvation and it's only that plastic duck leaving that has meant that I now have moved to a dentist in London anyway my point being I do want to lie down in a muddy village in, Vi- in Viking times and have someone meddle with my teeth couldn't do it had something happened to you yes well I think it's my my dad was older and um, as, as all dads are but he was he was uh, <laughs> old <laughs> That's not, normally, that's, normally not, that's not worth sharing. <laughs> my dad had me when he was 50. So his experience of um, medicine was from further back than most parents. The Victorian era. So he had, no, but he had, a, he had a fear of doctors. And, oh, he did, and right. Dentists okay. and stuff like that. Exactly, yeah. Oh. So I think that's basically where it sort of, sort of slipped in a bit. I just got a bit of a panic. Oh, okay. Yeah. But the dentist anyway, hadn't like right. slipped and sort of drilled through your cheek when you were nine. And you oh, were, yes, that uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now you mention it, that That probably didn't help. stole all my teeth and sold them, (laughs) apart from that. So that's the end of part one. Um, If you want to hear part two straight away, then do become an Oh What A Time full-timer. It's just $4.99, what a bargain, and you can listen to it in one meaty piece, as it should be. If not, you catch it tomorrow. You can become an Oh What A Time full-timer on ohwhatatime.com or on your app, I'm sure. Look down there, you can click on it, it'll be there. Thanks, guys. taste of rare bourbon you finally got your hands on that's nice at caskers.com we make this experience easy caskers is a one-stop spirit curator with an impressive selection of exclusive sought after rare and household names in the realm of premium spirits and champagne 
Discover the top flavors of the year now by going to Caskers.com and using code WELCOME10 for $10 off your first purchase. Get $10 off your first purchase with code WELCOME10 at Caskers.com. 